0: It says, let the wise man hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire guidance. So uh, you can see there, uh, if you didn't already, there's a, there's a handout in the back with the, um, with the dates for this year, uh, a little bit of uh, adjustment. We're not doing a spring break for uh, our meetings, but we're going to we're take a break in December. So that's a little bit of a change. So we have three meetings, September, October, November. Then we're going ha- to have a break for December to make sure you guys have time uh, for uh, your families and all your uh, plans and travels, uh, as well as we have a hymn sing during that time. So we're looking forward to that as well. But, uh, and then the rest of the year, we're, we're just going straight through uh, to, to summer. But uh, this ministry, just as a reminder, this ministry is meant uh, for men, 6th grade and up, uh, from young men to old men and everything in between. Uh, and it's meant, it's designed to help you brothers to know and learn and grow in exalting Christ as a man. Uh, there is a certain way as a man that you exalt Christ that a woman cannot. Like just like uh, there are certain ways that a woman can exalt Christ that you just cannot. And there's special ways, uh, special roles, special functions in uh, in society, in the home, uh, in the church. There's a special design that God has placed and written into creation. And uh, if we want to uh, live uh, and maximize, our ability to glorify Christ, then then, uh, we need to figure out how to exalt Him as men, specifically. And so that's what this is for. So we're going to, you know, uh, people wonder sometimes why uh, our men's and women's ministries don't really, you know, we don't get into maybe attributes of God and, and it's just a Bible study on some topic in the Bible but it's very narrowly focused on manhood and womanhood, some people might wonder why we do that. Well, it's because you're not going to hear this anywhere else. Uh, you're not going to hear this on the news or, or uh, uh, on the radio. You're not going to hear this from uh, people at work for the most part. Uh, your, our own minds aren't going to produce these truths and these guidelines. So uh, we need to be reminded again and again and again what it means to be men, and specifically men of God. So that's my aim in this. That's my my burden. Um, As the men go, so goes the church. That's been tried and tested uh, for century upon century, in the history of the church, as the men go, so go the church. So, brothers uh, of Redeemer Bible Church, our church is only going to be as strong and holy and faithful as you are. So that's sobering, isn't it? Uh, if anything is holding us back, it's us men. If anything's holding us back as a church, it's the men of Redeemer Bible Church. So may that not be the case. I'm sure that's not what you want. You want to get out of the way and be part of what God would do here in our midst. Uh, So this, again, this ministry is designed to help promote that, to help promote godly manhood uh, for the glory of Christ. So tonight, uh, we we are uh, looking at... Uh, the fool and the wise. The fool and the wise. Um, you, you'll notice that uh, th- there's, there's, there are two different kinds of people here in the title, right? Fool and the wise. Uh, each of the lessons are going to have that kind of contrast, right? The fool and the wise. Um, Next month is the slugs and ants, the, 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 uh, the strange and the wise woman, uh, and then words and relationships, friends, neighbors, husband and wife, parent and children, life and death. All of these contrasting things, and that's just pulling right from the text of Proverbs. There's a lot of contrasts in Proverbs, and we're going to see that just over and over again as we look at these verses tonight. But uh, uh, let me ask the Lord for his help tonight and uh, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, we place ourselves at your feet and ask you to mold us and to shape us into the men that you want us to be. Lord, uh, our flesh fights against uh, thinking and living your way our flesh is in constant opposition against the Spirit. and Likewise, the Spirit is, is in a constant battle with our own flesh. God, help us even tonight that the Spirit would have His way. Holy Spirit, illumine Your Word to Your people. I pray for these dear men that they would uh, be uh, moldable and malleable, uh, to the force of your word upon their hearts and minds. Lord, uh, we are very aware tonight uh, of all the ways that we fall short. Lord, I, I pray that you would use this lesson to convict and to, and to uh, pinpoint those areas where we might fall short. But more than that, Lord, instruct us in the way to go. In your word, in the Proverbs, Father, uh, you tell us, you give us warnings of what not to do, but then you also give us guidance what to do. So I pray, Lord, that that would come through and that we would leave with um, practical steps of, of ways that we can change for the glory of Christ and, and with a, a hope, Lord, that if the Spirit is within us, that we can do these things if we are new creatures, if we are new men in Christ, these callings upon our lives are actually doable by your grace. So help us, Father, to depend on you tonight, even as we listen, but even more so as we leave this place and actually try and do the things that we hear tonight. I pray, Lord, that we would hear and gain understanding and then follow your guidance. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, you can you can buy an education, right? Uh, some people uh, spend thousands and thousands of dollars on an education, whether it's for themselves or for uh, their children. There are, I mean, you go around this city and in the neighboring cities, these, there are massive, massive buildings that are funded off of people buying an education. Millions upon millions of dollars. You can buy that, but the thing is, you can't buy wisdom. Wisdom is a gift from God. And the reality, men, is that there is a vast difference between human knowledge and divine wisdom. Uh, human knowledge is what you can buy or what you can earn. Uh, it it's, it's, you know, usually comes with a couple letters after your name A, A, B, A, BA, uh, PhD, right? What, whatever else. Uh, that's human knowledge. But divine wisdom is the ability to take the truths of God and apply them to life. It is to use God's revelation in, in my thoughts, words, and actions. So what I'm saying is you can purchase your education, but uh, you, can, you can still be a really smart and intelligent fool Right. If I can have a PhD after my name, but not live according to the word of God, I'm just a smart fool. Nothing more. So the question is, how does somebody avoid that trap? Well, the first step is uh, Proverbs 9.10, right? Um, The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So the first step is to fear God. And What we learn from the book of Proverbs is that a wise man is a godly man. A wise man is a godly man. Therefore, we can understand if that's true, then a foolish man is a godless man. And a godless man is a foolish man. So, wisdom and righteousness go hand in hand, just as foolishness and evil go hand in hand. Now what we're looking at tonight is uh, the contrast between the fool and the wise, and we're going to use the different words in Proverbs that are used for fool, and we're going to use that as the outline of uh, of our lesson tonight. We're going to look at each word. There's four of them. And then we're going to learn the definition of each, the description that we see of that word in Proverbs. We're going to then gain discernment of how to relate to that kind of a person. And then we're going to see God's solution for, well, if, I'm, if I can tend to be that way, how do I change? And wh- is there a remedy for this kind of foolishness? Now, right off the bat, we have to say... Fool does not mean just lacking in intellectual understanding. Fool does not equal uneducated. That's not what it means. Not by a long shot. Which is, I mean, for for guys like me, I don't know about you, but for guys like me that don't have the greatest education in the world. I grew up in V-Town, in Vallejo. And uh, sometimes my grammar shows it. Uh, and sometimes my inability in certain subjects show it. But it's comforting because I don't have to be an intellect in order to be wise. It certainly helps. If I can read and put together thoughts and stuff, that will, that will help more and promote more, of course. But I don't have to be a, a rocket scientist. I don't have to be... Um, you know, a a scholar or a professor or anything else like that in order to be a wise man of God. And neither do you, brothers. Remember, there is a vast difference between human knowledge and divine wisdom. You can buy an education, but wisdom is a gift of God. So that means we need to pray for it, right? So as we... uh, Open up this this first uh, point. Let's be praying that God would give us wisdom. All right, the first word for a fool in the Book of Proverbs is translated at least in, and I'm using the Legacy Standard Bible, the the Bible that Paul used. <laughs> uh, I'm using that, and it's actually I'm just seeing more and more honestly. Uh, I, I don't get royalties from this, um, but as even as I was doing the word study for this, I was looking in other good translations, and those other good translations would use different words, uh, or excuse me, they would use the same word, just like a fool, for uh, this word that's translated simple in the LSB. Um, there, There's a There's a lot of interchange there in those other translations. And, you know, it's not a knock on, you know, ESV or NAS or anything like that. But uh, I I do believe that it would be helpful and it's worth your thought to invest in an LSB Bible. Uh, If nothing else, but uh, they're at least consistent with the way that they translate the same Hebrew word. And we'll see that as we go along tonight. So, the first word is simple. And as we progress through the outline tonight, as we progress through the lesson or through the sermon, um, what we're going to see is there's a progression in, you could say, stubbornness or hard-heartedness. All right? So, simple is, you know, of all the fools, a simple one is the le- is the least hard-hearted or the least stubborn. Uh, the word for simple... Uh, comes up 18 times in the Old Testament. And it's amazing, 14 of those times is in the book of Proverbs. So out of 18 times it's used in the Old Testament, 14 of those times is in this one book, Proverbs. Now, for the definition, um, it it simply means an open-mindedness or not committed. Open-minded or not committed. It it comes from the word to be open, to be spacious, to be wide. Like a wide-open door. Um, uh, G.K. Chesterton said, you know, it's it's all something to the effect of, it's all nice and fine if you have an open mind, but just be careful that your brain doesn't fall out. I think there's uh, some witty... uh, Wisdom there. I think he guess that from this understanding of this word. It, it means to be aimless or drifting, wandering about life. Specifically as a result of an aimless, drifting, and wandering mind. I was reminded a couple of weeks ago at a, at a conference how absolutely important the mind is in the Christian life. Brothers, what are you thinking about? What preoccupies your thoughts throughout the day? How do you structure? Are you doing anything to structure or control or steer, guide your mind and your thoughts? Or does this describe you? Your mind throughout the day is aimless, drifting, wandering, not committed to any one kind of thought or one subject. This uh, definition, this word of being simple makes up the majority of young people, especially young men. Young men, it would be good for you to uh, combat this simple mind, to leave that behind. To fight against the tendency to just go with the flow mentally, to think about whatever comes to mind, and to not uh, and, and to and to not uh, control what what enters your mind. Now, this is described in Proverbs fourteen fifteen, for example. Proverbs fourteen fifteen says, "The simple believes everything." but the prudent one discerns his steps. I mean, you can see it right there, right? That's what it looks like. The simple one just believes everything. Whatever new video that they see on YouTube about some new doctrine that some guru just found, or whatever else, or whatever conspiracy theory they saw on Twitter, or whatever, um, whatever it might be, The simple one just believes whatever comes across them. Just buys it all, hook, line, and sinker. Proverbs 7, verse 7 and 8 says, I saw among the simple and discerned among the sons a young man. This is why I say it's a young man, because he says the simple, and he says there's a young man lacking a heart of wisdom. So this is the opposite of wisdom, right? It's to be simple. What was this young man doing? Passing through the street near her corner. Does anybody know who the her is here? The who? Yeah, the adulterous woman. The strange woman. Yes. So this young man, just wandering in his mind, is actually wandering with his feet. And he passes through the street near her corner, and he strides along the way to her house. And uh, the, the result is just sobering. Proverbs 7. It says, in the twilight, in the evening of that day, verse uh, 9, in the middle of the night and in the thick darkness. And behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not dwell at home. Stepping in the streets, stepping in the squares, and and, every, and near every corner, she lies in wait. So she seizes him and kisses him, and with a brazen face, she says to him, basically, come home with me. Men, you might not be wandering the streets of San Jose, but are you wandering on your device? Right? Are you this man just in a different form? You need to control your thoughts. You need to not be like a young man who is undiscerning and who is open-minded, uncommitted, aimless, drifting, and wandering about in your thought life, and in your actions. Proverbs 9.4 says, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks a heart of wisdom, she says, and it goes on, come in here and, and come to me. This is Lady Wisdom now. She says, come to me and gain wisdom. So it's interesting. Proverbs 7, you have the adulterous woman, Lady Folly. Proverbs 9, you have the wise woman, Lady Wisdom. Both are out on the corner calling the simple one to come into their homes. Striking, isn't it? Both the adulterous woman and the wise woman are calling out to this simple young man and saying, no, come here. And so we learn from this that the simple one, this word, it it means, and it shows us that it means uh, that you are open to the instruction of either wisdom or folly. You could go either way. Very malleable, very uh, flexible in your mind. You could go to wisdom or you could go to folly, sin. Now, before we figure out and, and, and look at uh, well, how do I fix this in me, well, maybe you know somebody that is like this. Maybe you have a son or a nephew or a grandson or something along those lines. Maybe you have a friend that just, this is, this is totally him or her. How do you deal with somebody uh, like that? So some discernment here for relating to this simple person. Uh, Proverbs 9.6 says, forsake your simplicity and live and step into the way of understanding. This is the, this is what you should say to somebody who is open-minded. You need to leave that open-mindedness behind, leave the, that simplicity behind and live, really live. And, and here's some understanding, step in, do this. So with a simple one, you offer them instruction and wisdom And you you try and reason, at least, with their desire to just have a good life. So you reason with a young man and say, Look, do you want to end up on the side of the road? Or would you like to have a wife and children? The choice is yours. Do you want a rough life where you're scrounging for every meal? Or would you like to have a life of relative ease where you can pay your bills and not have to worry so much. And you reason with a young man and say, look, God is offering you a quote-unquote good life, for lack of a better term. Reason with their at least fleshly impulse uh, to have that kind of life. Also, Proverbs 19.25 says, strike a scoffer. This is is stunning. Strike a scoffer and the simple... May become prudent, but reprove one who has understanding and he will understand knowledge. Now, there's three people here the scoffer, the simple, and the one who has understanding, right? We're talking right now about the simple. So, how do you get a hold of the simple one? By part, one way is to deal uh, strictly. With a scoffer, and we're going to look at what scoffer is later, but it's basically uh, someone who is prideful and resistant to instruction. What, what he's saying is, when a scoffer, or somebody who is unteachable and proud, is rebuked and maybe even punished uh, for their folly, what happens is the simple, the simple one might actually learn. And, I mean, I've, I've seen that, you know, uh, it just in, in growing up, seeing my older siblings get disciplined for something that I was doing, right? They just got caught. And I learned from their mistake and said, oh, I'm not doing that because I see the consequence. So, parents, this would be good for you to understand. You, you may not enjoy disciplining your child, but it's, maybe it's for the sake of that child and even the others, that are watching, or hearing. So, that's how you relate to someone who is simple. Now, what if this, this is you, right? And, and what's the solution? What is God's solution to the simple or naive mind? Psalm 19.7 says that the law of Yahweh is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. So, give them the word of God. And if that's you, you just need to feast on the word of God as much as you can. Psalm 119, 130 says, the unfolding of your words gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. Once again, the word of God is the remedy. Instruct with the word. Uh, Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believes everything, but the prudent one discerns his steps. What if this is you? What if you're the simple one? Well, the opposite of being simple and open-minded is here, prudent. Prudent. And it's it's explained in the rest of, of that last line. Someone who discerns his steps. It's just being thoughtful. Thinking things through will help you, brothers, uh, to not be simple, to not wander about life. Just take a moment, take time, and stop and think. The the, the application of this is all over the place. What about for your money? Take time. If you find yourself scrounging around in the in your couch cushions to figure out what you're going to give to the Lord on Sunday then maybe you should think about thinking think about thinking about your finances just take time sit down write them out what's coming in and what's going out and does it match do i need to, what do i need to cut right otherwise uh, I'm just winging it financially from week to week and month to month and year to year, and there's no long term plan, and it's just, you know, two steps forward, one step back, as they say. And the application is, is all over the place. You can, you can apply this to anything else your plans for life, the direction of your family, you know, what you do when nobody's watching on your phone, uh, your thought life. Uh, Dating, and everything in between. Take time to sit down, open the word of God, and ask God, what do I do? What do you want me to do, God, with this? And you get counsel. You read books, of course. Take the time, and you will avoid, it will help you avoid, Uh, being this kind of fool, the simple fool. Now, secondly, secondly, there's just the word fool. Fool (laughs) in the Old Testament. Now, this word, fool, occurs 70 times in the Old Testament. And out of 70 times, 49 times, it shows up in Proverbs. So, again, once again, this is a big Subject in the book of Proverbs, out of all of the Old Testament, it's it's concentrated here in this book, and the definition of this word "fool." It's interesting. It, it means to be dull, dull, or insensitive to wisdom. Dull is the opposite of sharp, right? And when we talk about somebody, oh, he's really sharp. He's he's smart, but he he's, he's uh, just practically. Uh, he, he has, he has a, a quick, sharp ability to dissect an issue and figure out the problem and come up with a solution. That's what people. That's how people use the word "sharp." This is the opposite of that. This is dull. Uh, it, it, it comes from the Arabic word that means sluggish, thick, plump, and fat. <laughs> That's actually what, what it comes from. And so, no, this isn't talking about what the scale says, you know, every time you get on it each morning. It's not talking about that. This is talking about a spiritual reality, right? You're, you're sluggish uh, mentally. You are plump and fat. You're out of shape mentally and spiritually. We all, I think, well, I think most of us, at some point, uh, have an experience of what it feels like to be out of shape, right? Now, for those of you who've never known that, God bless you. But uh, for those of us that know what it's like, who know what it feels like to be out of shape, you're surprised you're out of breath, right? You go up a flight of stairs, and it's just like, man, am I right with the Lord today? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's rough, This, this is what that word means. It means to be out of shape when it comes to the things of God. When it comes to not even just the things of God, but your mind. Now, what does this look like? What's the description? Uh, a, a few verses. I'll go through them quickly and then say a, a couple things. Uh, Proverbs one thirty-two says, For the turning of away of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Now, we talked about simple, right? Already. Now we're looking at fools. Notice the word that's connected to fools. What's the word? Complacency. Complacency. Yeah, that's, that sounds out of shape, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds stagnant, you know, sedentary. It sounds sluggish. That's a good word. Complacent. So this kind of fool... Is just okay with where they're at spiritually and mentally you know I don't need to grow or I don't need to you know I don't need to go to that um, I don't need to read that book I don't need to you know get into discipleship I don't need to go to that many uh, less and, and, and uh, sermons and hear that many lessons uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I, I think I can get by with reading the Bible once or twice a week. I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing okay. That's complacent. That is the mark of a fool, brothers. So you can see how just being a believer doesn't guard you and make you immune to being a fool, right? We're, we're fools all the time, aren't we? It's amazing. Uh, Proverbs 18.2. A fool does not delight in discernment, but only in revealing his own heart. So he doesn't want to take the time to discern, to to, uh, look at a situation or a decision and and dissect it. Because that takes energy. Rather, he would just reveal his own heart. Rather, he would just like to say, you know what, here's my decision. I think because I made the decision is obviously best. Because it comes from me. That's folly. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six says, "He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will escape." So again, it's this—it's this complacency. This I, I think I'm just fine. I can I, I, I trust where I'm at. You know, I, I don't think I need more of God. Proverbs uh, twenty nine eleven says. A fool lets out all of his spirit, but a wise man holds it back. Again, you see this just, whatever's inside comes out. The idea here is, this kind of fool is driven by his passions. He's driven by his passions. Uh, Ecclesiastes, it's not in Proverbs, but it's uh, the same author, right? Uh, The heart of the wise is in the house of the morning while the heart of fools is in the house of gladness. So the wise one uh, has no problem with being in the house of mourning, right? But the the fool wants to be in the house of gladness. What does that mean? It means that this kind of, of a fool in Proverbs is so occupied with the things of this world that the things of God are no concern to him. This this kind of man is one who is preoccupied with fleshly things so, so much to the point that he is now insensitive to spiritual realities. You're so preoccupied with that show you're binging that you just have no appetite for the word of God. You're so concerned about... Uh, Gaining wealth or buying that new device or whatever it might be, uh, whatever material possession you're so consumed with and, and, and caring about having those material possessions that, you know what, um, it doesn't bother me as much to, to not be there on Sunday. You know, I, I, have, I have to work. I mean, well, what, what else do you want me to do? Brothers, uh, if your employer is asking you to work all the time on Sundays, you need to find a new job. You do. There's no way around it. You know, I know, I've known people in the past who say, "Well, you know, this is just the schedule that I've been given." Okay, that's the schedule that that employer gave you. Find another employer. (laughs) They'll give you a different schedule, maybe. Maybe if you pray about it, and maybe if you take a step of faith, maybe if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, just maybe all of these things will be added to you. Do you think? Or is the promises of Jesus null and void? I don't think so, brothers. Now, how do we deal with this kind of person? Maybe this person is around you. Or maybe you're trying to figure out how to deal with yourself. Some discernment from the word of God regarding uh, relating to this kind of person is uh, Proverbs 26.3. says, a whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Discipline. Punishment. Specifically, discipline. Because punishment is retributive, Right? Uh, if, if you discipline your children, and you ought to, uh, you're not punishing them, right? You're not, uh, uh, it's not a punishment. Only God punishes. Uh, you are disciplining. That's constructive. Punishment is destructive. Discipline is constructive. You're actually trying to teach them something, to change them, transform them. So here it says, uh, a whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, right? So how do you control a horse? Wool well, with the whip. How do, you, how do you steer a donkey? With the bridle. How do you control a fool? A rod. Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you yourself also be like him. The next verse, answer a fool according to his folly lest he be wise in his own eyes. So, is God contradicting himself? Some people will turn here and say, see, I mean, you know, God is, you know, the, the Bible is so silly. You have, in verse 4, they tell you, don't answer a fool according to the folly. And then the next verse, they contradict themselves and say, answer a fool according to his folly. What's being spoken about here? Well, he says, the... the uh, The second line actually informs you about what the first line is communicating. So this line here is actually explaining what's happening up here. So in verse 4 it says, do not answer a fool according to his folly. Why? Lest you yourself also be like him. So what he's saying is, don't answer a fool like a fool. Don't get on his level. If he's prone to anger, don't get angry. Right? If he's proud, don't be proud in your response. If he ignores the word of God, don't ignore the word of God in your answer. Don't be like him. And then the flip of this is in verse 5. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So what he's saying there is, you do need to answer a fool... You need, to, you need to talk to a fool and point his folly out. Because if you don't, then he'll never know that what he's doing is wrong. He'll just be wise in his own eyes. So they might seem like identical statements or contradictory statements, rather, in verse 4 and verse 5, but they're actually t- saying two very different things. One is saying, you know, don't get on a fool's level when you try and reason with him. And then verse 5 is, but you still got to tell him that what he's doing is wrong. You still got to tell him and point out his sin. So, as you deal with somebody like this, it's not good to spend time trying to reason with this person on his own terms. Rather, you must simply point out their folly to them and let God convict them. Now, what's the solution to this? Uh, What is God's solution? Uh, How do we grow out of this? Uh, Proverbs 8, 5, and 6 says, O simple ones, understand prudence. And O fools, there's our word, understand a heart of wisdom. Listen, for I will speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will reveal upright things. Uh, Proverbs 14, verse 7 says, Leave the presence of a fool. As you have not known lips of knowledge there For, forgive me the, the 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 one before proverbs eight five and six uh one solution just like the the previous point, one solution here is they need the truth, they need the word of god right and then in in, in this verse proverbs fourteen seven some some practical wisdom is if you know people like this don't uh associate with them closely. It says, leave the presence of a fool. Why? Because you're not going to learn anything there. You're not going to really benefit from being in the presence of a fool. Well, what if they're my friend? Okay. They're still a fool. You're not going to gain anything out of this. You just need to be their friend enough to be an influence to them rather than them being an influence on you. So avoid close association. uh, A a kind of friendship or association where there's no guardrails, no filter uh, in that relationship. Uh, Proverbs 18.2 also says, A fool does not delight in discernment, but only in revealing his own heart. So here... Once again, how do you avoid being this kind of fool, dull and insensitive to the things of God? Pray and seek that your heart would delight in discernment, right? Because that's not what a fool does. But if you don't want to be that, then you need to pray and ask the Lord by his spirit, Oh God, give me a a, a delight, give me a taste For your word. Grow in me a hunger for the truth of God. And you will begin to change by God's grace and not be a fool like this. Also, Proverbs 28 26 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will escape. So, uh, if a fool trusts in his own heart, then how do you not be like this? Don't trust your own heart. Don't trust your own heart. You have an idea. You have a thought. Filter it through the Word of God. Check it. Balance it against the Word of God. Don't trust yourself. Don't just think, well, I had had, had an idea. It it sounds really great. It might sound really really great, but it might be a foolish decision or a foolish idea. So don't trust yourself. Rather... Walk wisely, it says. Walk wisely. That means live according to the Bible. Okay. Now, third. And these last ones should go quickly because there, there's not as many uh, texts in, uh, uh, to go through. These are less frequent in the book of Proverbs and in, in the Old Testament. Uh, There's the ignorant fool. The ignorant fool. Now this happens, uh, this shows up uh, 26 times in the Old Testament, and once again, the majority, 19 times in the book of Proverbs. So 26 in all of the Old Testament, 19 out of 26 in this one book, the book of Proverbs. So it's important. And, And again, the definition here, the definition It is uh, The ignorant fool is one who despises wisdom and instruction. Despises wisdom and instruction. It's the idea of somebody who cannot stomach God's wisdom. They cannot stomach the wisdom of God while at the same time believing that he possesses all the wisdom that he needs. It it, it is the one who looks at and reads or hears about the word of God and just brushes it off and can barely tolerate the word of God. Either because it's foolish to him or its demands are unreasonable. This is the ignorant fool. It is the one who rejects the wisdom of God willingly. It's not that he's not smart enough. It's not that he's not intelligent enough. It's just he, he doesn't have wisdom and he doesn't want it if it's coming from God. So you can see how it's even more stubborn, more hard-hearted, right? Uh, a descri- the description of this, what does this look like? Well, a uh, well-known verse, Proverbs 1.7, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. Ignorant fools, there's our word, Ignorant fools despise wisdom and discipline. Also, Proverbs 10, verse 8. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but an ignorant fool of loose lips will be ruined. There's, there's a contrast, right? There's the wise and then there, there's the ignorant fool. But notice, there's, for the wise, the wise is the one who receives commandments, receives God's word. And if that's what the wise one does, uh, then obviously the ignorant fool, the foolish one, does not receive God's commandments. And he words it, specifically what it looks like, this rejection, is he has loose lips. That uh, That is, he has all the answers himself. He doesn't need God to tell him anything. He, uh, he, he has all confidence in his own brain and his own insight. So this kind of fool is usually, usually someone who talks a lot or talks too much. I mean, in a, in a millisecond, they have the answer. They've got it all figured out. but they they haven't listened, they haven't thought through things, but they have the answer right away. And they're so proud of how wise they are. Uh, Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of an ignorant fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. So once again, there's that uh, self-contentment, that that uh, self-pride. I'm wise. I think I'm really smart. I think I got this stuff figured out. Yeah, I have a, I have an acquaintance, well, more than an acquaintance, I know somebody who is very much like this. And, uh, you know, I try and give him the gospel, but then he just comes back with, you know, some, supposedly some, some profound thought of life that he's come up with over his years. And he thinks he's just so smart. He thinks he's just lived life and and he's got so much to offer that, you know, and, and, and he's successful, he has money and all that stuff. And so because of that, he, he figures, well, I've got it all figured out. Why do I need God? That's an ignorant fool. He loves folly, but despises God's truth. He's the kind of person who cuts you off when sharing the gospel with them. He doesn't want to hear God's word. So how do you relate with somebody like that? Some discernment from the word of God of uh, of your relationship with somebody like this. It is difficult. Uh, Proverbs 10.8 says, The wise of heart will receive commandments, but an ignorant fool of loose lips will be ruined. Um, and then, n- notice this. Uh, again, The wise of heart receive commandments. So then that means the ignorant fool does not receive commandments, right? We see that again in Proverbs 1.7. Ignorant fools despise wisdom and discipline, right? So they reject. And so in relating to somebody like this, to discipline them or to teach them and take time to really go through an argument of you know the, the the truth of the Word of God and, and the gospel and things like this it's going to be very difficult to have that kind of conversation with this person. they are most likely only going to despise your instruction so how how do we deal with somebody like that? Well the solution according to god the solution according to God is in proverbs 10 fourteen well one of them. Wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of the ignorant fool draws ruin near. So the ignorant fool, because of his pride, because of his unwillingness to receive the commands and instruction of God, ruin, he's like a magnet to just ruin, whether that's eternal ruin Well, it certainly will end up there, but even in this life, they'll just ruin their life and they're just a magnet for uh, uh, difficulty and struggles of life. So, according to God's word, to deal with somebody like this, there are times when you just simply need to allow the consequences of this man's folly to come back to them. They just need to suffer the results of their sin. And their rejection of God. And you just need to be okay with God dealing with them in that way. Now, what if this is you? Uh, Tonight, uh, Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of an ignorant fool is is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. If this is you, you need to listen to counsel. You need to stop being proud. And you need to just listen for once. For once in your life, be quiet and listen to the word of God. And listen to those around you who are giving you the word of God and telling you what you must do. For once, hear them out. And you might find that you don't know everything And that God actually can change you and guard you from all of that ruin that is coming your way. All right, last. The most severe of of these kinds of fools in Proverbs is the scoffer. The scoffer. Now, this word, again, uh, 16 times in the Old Testament, if you want your stats, right? Some of us are stat guys. 16 times in the Old Testament. Fourteen times in Proverbs. Uh, very simple when it comes to a definition. It's full of pride, proud self sufficiency. I think is a really good way to put it. It's just proud self sufficiency. It's it's a more extreme version of uh, of the ignorant fool in the previous point. Um, Proverbs twenty one twenty four says, arrogant, haughty, scoffer are his names, who acts in arrogant fury. So this is our word, scoffer. That's another word for the fool of Proverbs. And you can see that it it is likened to arrogant and haughty. It's proud, arrogant. And there's an arrogant fury to this kind of person. So it is a hostile pride. It is, I got all the answers. How dare you try and tell me something? How dare you try and teach me? Have you ever met somebody like that? Oh man, they are difficult. Difficult people to deal with. Now this is described in uh, Proverbs. Um, Just a couple Um, Well, we already saw that. Proverbs 21, 24. Proverbs 15, 12. A scoffer does not love one who reproves him. He will not go to the wise. So this kind of person knows better than those who follow God. He looks down on anyone else walking in wisdom. He despises those who have submitted themselves to the rule of God. And he lives in uh, defiance to the word of God. He is a cynical free thinker. A cynical free thinker. Now, how do we deal with somebody? Some discernment for this. Proverbs nine. Verse 7 and 8. He who disciplines a scoffer receives disgrace for himself. So he, what he's saying here uh, is it's going to be very difficult for you if you try and discipline somebody like this. You're going to receive disgrace. I mean, it's just going to come back on you and it's, it's, your life is going to be very difficult if you try and deal with somebody like this. It says, do not reprove a scoffer, lest he hate you. So there is an air. There is a hint here of, you know what? Not that they're too far gone, but there, you need to put up some definite distance between you and your relationship with that person. Because the more you try and change them, the, the harder it's going to be, and the relationship is going to get more and more and more ruined by your efforts. Uh, Proverbs twenty two ten says, "Even more forcefully, drive out the scoffer, and strife will go out. Even contention and disgrace will cease." So you have somebody like this in your life, and you wonder why there's strife and contention and disgrace. In your life it's because of the scoffer and you might just need to put some distance between you and him or her The difficult part is what if you live with somebody like this right or what if this is you and your wife and your children have to live with somebody like this that's the tragedy at times and that's what we see in society isn't it that's why society is so ruined because They can't obey God. You have children raised in the homes where a father is a scoffer and they can't drive out dad. And they can't, uh, you know, avoid dad. He's always there. And so they can't obey God in this way. And so their life is filled with strife, contention, and disgrace. And a father ruins his children. Generation after generation after generation. That's what we see in the world. And it makes sense because if they can't do what God says is the best thing for them, then of course life is going to be very, very corrupted. Now, what's the solution? What's the solution? Even more opposition from God. The curse of Yahweh is on the house of the wicked one, but he blesses the abode of the righteous. Though... He scoffs at the scoffers, yet He gives grace to the humble. So God scoffs at the scoffers. Amazing. God laughs at those who laugh at Him. He scoffs at them because, why? Because He knows their end. He knows their end. What's the end? Isaiah 29, 20. For the ruthless one will come to an end, and the scoffer will be finished. Indeed, all who are watching out to do evil will be cut off. God will judge this one. And many times, the one who is a scoffer, the only solution for their life is the judgment of God. What if this is you, though? What if you're, if, if you're being convicted and you're proud in heart? Well, God says he will give grace to you if you're humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will give you grace. That's the only solution. Now, brothers, I don't want to leave you with you know, such a sober somber kind of a a tone the glory of the gospel of jesus christ is that he takes the ignorant fool the fool the simple and the scoffer and he redeems them that's the glory of the gospel is that what is so hopeless in our efforts we cannot change especially a scoffer and an ignorant fool and even, you know, the 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 fool who is uh, dull in heart and the uh, simple one, the naive one. We can't change them. But God can. And God does. Read with me here. Follow along. Uh, Titus 3, verse 3 to 7. For we ourselves were once what? Foolish. There you go. We ourselves were once foolish. That's our our word for fool disobedience that's our that's the idea of that ignorant fool not only that but deceived that's the simple one that's the naive one and enslaved to various lusts and pleasures that's the scoffer so we have all four kind of categories of the fool and what does it say we ourselves are no If you're a believer, you once were that. And you were spending your life in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another. But, but, when the kindness and affection of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. He saved us from his judgment, and he saved us from our own folly from ruining ourselves. How did he save us? Well, not by works, which which we did in righteousness, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and made us new. He washed us. He gave us new life. He renewed our soul. We are a new creature in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. That happens to every Christian at conversion. And this Holy Spirit is one whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So Christ bought that. He bought that change in your life. He bought your new life on the cross by his death. Why? So that, having been justified by His grace, having been declared righteous, so I am a complete fool, and I I, I can easily be, be defined by every one of these words. Yet I am justified. He doesn't call me fool. He calls me righteous one. Why? Because I'm in Christ. Because of His grace. I have been justified by his grace and we would become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Dear child of God, by your own folly, maybe you have made a mess of your life. But if you are in Christ, this life is not all there is. You have already become an heir of heaven. You have a hope of eternal life where all of your past mistakes will not haunt you. All of that past guilt will be a faint and distant memory. You won't have to pay for the mistakes, whether they're financial or relational. You're not going to have to suffer the consequences anymore. You have a hope of eternal life. And you were a fool. You were a simple one. You were an ignorant fool and a scoffer of God. But God saved you. Amen? Amen. Praise be to Him. Stand with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your abundant, abundant grace. Oh, Lord, we would have gone further and further and further into our foolishness, into our hard-heartedness and stubbornness. We would have have gone as far as it, it could have taken us, Lord. But you stopped us and you saved us. You gave us new life. Help us, Lord, as stewards of this new life to seek out your wisdom to learn from you how we ought to live, to take time, slow down, and ask you, what do you want me to do, God? I know what I want to do. What do you want me to do? Help us, Lord, to not be uh, uh, undisciplined with our minds and our lives. Help us to be sharp, Lord, spiritually, to be on guard, to be ready for war every day. Help us, Lord, to be humble and teachable under your word. Give us an appetite for your scriptures, God. Because otherwise, if we just try and live this life on our own, Lord, we're going to make a mess of it. But God, help us, I pray, to seek your wisdom in your scriptures so that we might enjoy this life so that we might live it uh, in such a way that it's full of joy and happiness and delight because our delight is coming from you. Oh Lord, do this work and we'll give you the glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, before I let you go, uh, again, there are Uh, there's a schedule on the back table and then uh, there's snacks back there if you haven't already signed up to